section two of travels to oaxaca by nicholas joseph thierry de menonville an anonymous translation from the french this librivox recording is in the public domain on the return of the governor i hastened to pay my respects to him the intendant had already acquainted him with my landing he received me with kindness and granted me permission to herborize within the precincts of the city but while the appeal of humanity to his finer feelings enacted a grant of wider extension the imperious obligation of the law forbade the allowance he even in express terms prohibited my advancing further inland than ten leagues from the city i returned him thanks in the most cordial manner for the license i received and not only at my request obtained leave to pay my respects to him but after taking coffee was politely invited to dine with him the succeeding day i found him surrounded by many persons of rank as well military as others to whom he introduced me and especially don luis huet director-general of the engineers and of fortifications whom he informed me was of french extraction on my praising a very beautiful squirrel from mexico of which as well as of a parrot i begged his permission to take a likeness he insisted on my accepting both the one and the other but this excess of liberality i declined shortly after he made me withdraw into his cabinet to converse respecting france his questions as well as his easy and noble manners stamped him distinctly a finnish courtier our conversation afterwards turned on the arts on this occasion he led me to an alley he had planted with trees and which i had previously seen i frankly imparted my disapprobation of the manner in which the ground was laid out and after giving my reasons why in such a burning climate it ought rather to be covered with turf he felt conviction the stage formed the next subject of our discourse he showed me the design for the curtain of the opera house he had built and on the boards of which he had succeeded in causing the dido of metastasio to be represented the design was a delicately flattering compliment paid the governor by the inhabitants and one that for an american city might justly be considered of lively invention but the execution of the draft by no means corresponded phoebus was represented in the chariot of day leaving the palace of the hours and illuminating with his beams the city of the havana personified under the figure of a female seated at the foot of a tree near the margin of the sea and fronting the moro castle she was crowned with towers and battlements and rested her right hand on a shield displaying the arms of the city while with the other she wantoned with genie the fault in the execution chiefly consisted in the forced compliment intended for the marquis and the consequent inappropriate representation of the gorgeous palace of the sun here the name of the governor being de la tour the sun was represented issuing from a 
very small tower, the gate of which, disproportionately small, resembled more that of a dungeon rather than a port for the passage of the radiant car of the sun and its four impetuous coursers. I pointed out this defect to the governor, observing at the time that seemingly the painter was ignorant of the metamorphoses of Ovid, and the pompous description of the palace of the sun in that work beginning regia folis erat he sought excuse for the painter and recommended me to go to the opera at length i left him greatly pleased with my reception and perfectly easy respecting my sojourn at havana the following day i visited the opera the interior constructed on the plan of that at naples is truly handsome and possesses an airiness and elegance peculiar to itself arising from the circumstance of the boxes being separated from each other only by delicate balustrades very wide apart through every part of the house sound is conveyed distinctly and from every quarter there is a perfect view of the stage add to these the pit has the advantage uncommon in france of seats for the spectators the opera was performed in a manner in my opinion superior to any i had ever seen before aeneas was represented by an italian virtuoso of exquisite voice a most elegant figure and noble countenance and with these prepossessions in his favour who thoroughly comprehended his part and acted in the first style a castilian was the dido of the piece her confidant a mulatress and yarbe was given by a spaniard these three actors a circumstance certainly not very common alike sang with taste and precision and admirably played alike the different characters this was the first opera at which i had been present where in lieu of the repeated thumps of a clumsy and noisy truncheon the time was led by a violin of extraordinary power and precision played by the secretary of the governor which inspired the whole of the performers with an accuracy a truth of expression that rendered the harmony complete through the whole piece i found no room for the slightest blame except on the introduction of a solo intended no doubt to display the superior abilities of the exquisite violin and which perfectly affected this end but which at the same time interrupted the concatenation of the piece and necessarily caused a diminution of interest in it among the audience however pleased with the opera with their comedia i was far from satisfied so many things in it occurred opposite to the taste and rules by which we are guided in france that i saw nothing but ridiculous defects of which these are some specimens the name of god of jesus of the virgin and of various saints occur in almost every phrase the actors generally but especially the women never make their appearance without a rosary of beads in every scene a duel is introduced 
do two lovers meet the scabbard must of consequence be emptied and between two parentheses you read sacar la espada all pieces whether comic or tragic are not only comedias but comedias famosas however wretched the piece however despicable the author to complete the picture the titles of their pieces are ridiculously silly as an instance la caballera de absalom the long hair of absalom the comedia which succeeded the opera was of a singular description a single actor kills a dozen men women and children without the slightest resistance on their parts and ranges them in a row as he stabs them the work complete he calmly wipes his dagger on the upper leather of his shoe this scene so strange is the depravity of spanish taste was regarded as very fine for my part as it was carnival time i imagined that this was an emblematic representation of the horrors attendant on drunkenness but inquiring of one near me i learnt i was mistaken still notwithstanding what i have observed i have since discovered in their works of this kind abundance of wit and many passages remarkable for their spirituality delicacy and gallant bearing the author most admired at present is calderon de la barca the following day i again paid a visit to the governor and spoke to him of what i had seen when the account i rendered appeared to give him great satisfaction i presented to him as i had previously to the intendant a small packet of seeds for the kitchen garden and flower seeds these he divided giving part to don luis Uet, who dined with him that day and as i afterwards understood he was a planter i begged his acceptance of another packet he expressed with great civility the inclination he felt to form an acquaintance with me in consequence i invited him to my apartments and a few days after he came in his carriage to take me to his country house here i found his lady a genoese of noble birth and extraordinary merit one of his daughters and an officer of the artillery after breakfast we went into the garden and sowed all the seeds which i had presented to him our pastime was truly a festival enlivened by gaiety wit well-merited compliments and the most pleasing conversation in which due regard was maintained to decorum in short so agreeably sped the moments that we passed through four hours of toil and scarcely thought them one after our gardening was finished a very delicate dinner was served up in the french style cards were then introduced and when we had taken a walk through the plantation we returned to town this villa is situate under the canon of fort principe which was planned by don luis huet himself and the works of which he pointed out to me with as much confidence as if we had been for years acquainted
the soil is stony and dry still manioc called by the spaniards yucca is cultivated here and such is the industry of the proprietor of the ground that its produce yields an annual revenue of three thousand piastres don luis uet is a man of high esteem for ability in his profession as well as for his partiality to literature with the confidence of the court he enjoys the respect of the people and his rank of colonel places him in a condition to look forward to a still more distinguished appointment his house was that where i most frequently visited at the havana occasionally i went to pay my respects to the governor the intendant and the king's lieutenant the rest of my time was employed in botanical excursions round the town in studying the spanish language and pondering on the most material the chief object of my travels still i must confess time flew with leaden wings during my stay at the havana a stay of more than six weeks the promise of the exterior of the city of the havana is belied by its internal appearance which has little in it pleasing its length is about a mile and a half twelve hundred forty toises its breadth three-quarters of a mile six hundred toises its site is on a rock on the seaside and its form a semicircle or rather semi-ellipsis the greater diameter being along the shore the houses are all of them built of stone from one to three stories high it contains four very extensive squares which however are only half finished possess little symmetry and are covered everywhere with rubbish the streets are regular and straight but narrow with a foot pavement on each side and an unpaved road in the midst in which two carriages can scarcely pass abreast as the city is on a dead level the water frequently stagnates on the rock in which deep ruts have on progress of time been formed by the wheels of carriages a plan has been proposed for repairing the road paving it and giving it a slope but the mode of paving projected a specimen of which i saw in some of the streets near the government house is too singular to pass unmentioned the material employed is blocks of ironwood ten inches square connected with other blocks longitudinally laid like a floor the solidity of this pavement is such that notwithstanding the roads thus made have been travelled over for two years by a vast number of carriages no trace on the wood of any wheel is seen nor have the blocks in any part been disturbed from their original position should the plan be carried into effect and the whole city be thus paved it will display a very curious and special singularity towards the land side the havana is not strong as it is defended merely by a simple curtain flanked by bastions and almost in every part without a ditch owing to the immense labor requisite to excavate the rock 
it is however now secured from any attack on this side by the fort del principe built eight hundred toises nearly one mile in advance on an eminence which stretches to the town on the side next the fort it is inaccessible the port one of the most beautiful and spacious in the world is a basin nearly circular which receives several small rivers it runs a league in depth from the neck to the extremity the entrance is protected on the town side by a fort opposite to the wall and sides of three bastions which placed one above the other in tiers command the anchorage in the road on each of the flanks of these bastions there are commonly mounted eighteen twenty-four pounders on the side fronting the country a wall built on a rock till the arrival of the english before it considered impregnable defends the entrance of the port the cabana another fortress newly constructed above the wall commands both the port and city and its fire crosses that of fort del principe finally two other small forts at the bottom of the port two tiers of guns on low batteries beneath the wall the cabana along the shore and a battery level with the water rendered this city extremely formidable it is supposed that its different defenses mount altogether eight hundred pieces of cannon chiefly twenty-four pounders nor will it be attempted on the part of any nation to force the channel for such an attempt would be madness two english frigates which ventured the hazardous enterprise during the siege of the place were in consequence sunk nothing more beautiful than the appearance of the forts can possibly be imagined their construction being on the most profusely expensive scale the only recommendation of the houses of the town is a certain air of grandeur large gates and courts wide windows projecting two feet over the street supported on pilasters heavy balconies of wood covered with tiles on the upper stories palisades of wood coarsely fastened and of enormous size all these give something heavy sombre and repulsive to the look of the houses internally they have commonly a vast court surrounded by gothic arcades large and in the moorish style the gallery formed by these communicates with large but ill-disposed apartments badly furnished the doors and windows of them resembling those of a fort or dungeon as much by the thickness of the portals as by their gothic structure in the vestibule or in the chief apartment of the house it is common to have the arms of the family blazoned in manner of trophies a usage derived from the time of chivalry which if occasionally it be but vain parade yet again oftentimes serves to excite true bravery and a spirit capable of any daring enterprise the houses of the lower orders have rarely any flat ceilings and all even those belonging to people of easy circumstances instead of being favored with wood or squares of tile or stone 
have merely an earthen floor, which, by preserving humidity, I found of injurious effects to health. With the wealthy, the furniture of the rooms is of wood, partly gilt, curtains of crimson damask with gold fringe, and some japanned works, paintings, and glass lusters. The beds are very simple, and no pure glasses or other mirrors are seen, no inlaid work of wood for floors, and neither carpets or tapestry. In short, nothing corresponding with the sumptuosity or elegance of French apartments. The Spaniard is as modest in his dwelling as he is sober in his mode of living. The English have taught him the method of cooking certain dishes and the use of different pieces of furniture. Of the talents of the disciple, a judgment may readily be formed by reflection on who were his masters. The men wear coats of the French fashion, but the cut of the body is so short that the pockets are nearly under the arm. Above this coat, generally of cotton or taffeta, a cloak is worn of burradilly or camblet. Those who seek to render themselves conspicuous wear a blue or scarlet cloak, embroidered or trimmed with gold. This is a sumptuosity, however, not within the compass of everyone, as such a cloak costs five hundred piastres. Still, those at the height of fashion decline wearing it, preferring the French dress. The hair, which is rarely seen powdered or frizzled, is enveloped in a net and covered with a broad-brimmed hat. Such is the dress of the men. The women seldom wear gowns, but almost always are dressed in a corset and petticoat with an apron of gauze or muslin and a few ribbons. They wear no powder, nor is their hair frizzled, but braided and turned up, or worn in chignon under their cap. To this is added, attached above the hair, a sprig of rue or absinthe. Their ornaments consist of crosses, rings, gold necklaces, and large bracelets of massive gold that weigh a quarter of a pound. Happy she who wears a bracelet on her left wrist, but how much happier if one on each. She amuses herself constantly in fastening and detaching them, as well as in pulling off and drawing on her glove, and all for the purpose of attracting attention to her beautiful and well-turned arm. French women paint. For the Spanish ladies, they have a black patch of a round or oval form at each temple. These at night are removed and white patches are substituted, which pretty well resemble a plaster. In the morning, they wear instead the leaf of an orange tree. Few handsome women, and still fewer who had pretensions to elegance, were seen by me at the Havana. They never go abroad but in the morning to mass and the evening for a ride. Hence they are not to be seen either in the streets, shops, or any public room. Constantly shut up in their apartments, the pleasure of enjoying an airing out of the city is the only enticement can induce them to leave them. 
this indeed is their favorite pleasure nor is it costly four hundred piastres for a coachman a hundred and fifty for a mule five hundred for a chaise in all about a thousand piastres pay every expense hence the city swarms with carriages even the meanest clerk drives his chaise and it is as common to present one to a mistress as in france a box of sweetmeats it must further be observed that in no part of the world is money so plenteous as at the havana it circulates in talegas resembling those bags of a hundred pistoles in course at paris and the counters of the officers of revenue are covered with piles of reals of plate which they exchange for hard dollars with singular dispatch the markets are plenteously supplied with every kind of provision but especially vegetables which are quite as good as in france fish and turtle are extremely cheap beef sells at a real the four pounds excellent malaga and tinto wine at two reals the bottle indeed no town in america is better furnished with means of good living or at a more reasonable rate this advantage is to be attributed in great measure to the division of the real into quartillos of tin for nothing is more favorable to economy than small coin End of section two.